Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hi everyone, welcome along to the RTGA podcast. So much to chat about this week. Kieran Whelan is going to be along with us very shortly to chat about the football. But let's start with the hurling. Jackie Tyrrell is with us. And Jackie, opening weekend of the hurling championship, was it everything you hoped it would be? Um, probably not, Jackie. I would have liked a bit more out of the Leinster round robin on Saturday. That kind of didn't really come to the party, really. The best game probably being Dublin and Antrim, but um, you know the other two games didn't really uh, set the world alight. But by God, on Sunday, Munster Championship uh, lit up the Hurling Championship. Talking points, black cards, yellow cards, every kind of a card going, goals galore. It was it was amazing day yesterday, really. So um, the Munster Championship has saved the bacon this weekend anyway. So um, it was you know it was just enthralling yesterday, just to sit back and watch all that drama unfold was just brilliant. Yeah, it's alive and well, Rory, isn't it? Mm. I think the Munster Championship always gets a big serving, but it lived up to it yesterday. Yeah, and I think for the next four weeks, it'll be the only show in town. You, like, that's the reality. I think Munster only has that little window and hurling, which is far more important, has only a very short window to try and maximise exposure, maximise profile, maximise what exactly, you know, you're selling the young kids. It's very important from a hurling perspective because... You know, the game needs as much oxygen. It's an old mantra and it's a, you know, I've said this many times before. And I think for the next couple of weeks, the Munster Hurling Championship will be the only show in town. And I think yesterday, you know, it got off to an absolutely rip-roaring start. Two really good games for different reasons. Yeah, well, look, let's get straight into them then. Limerick 118, Waterford 19 points. Jackie, you mentioned cards galore. Everything else it had going on in this game. I guess, look, the big ones is really, what are we going to take away from this? You know, there's a red card for Garrod Hegarty. There's an awful lot of talk about the Seamus Flanagan incident. What are you seeing out there and what do you expect is going to happen from, from all of this? Well, I suppose from a dis- discipline point of view, um, I felt Garrod Hegarty's challenge warranted a second yellow card and he deserved that. Uh, the first one looked like was for descent to Liam Gordon, so not sure what was said. Um, but you know when you start giving referees um, a bit of cheek you, you know you're going to leave yourself open the Seamus Flanagan one it was late um, I did feel it was intent there and I felt Seamus Flanagan should have got a straight red and I do think subsequently he will be will, will receive a ban Barry Nash was probably a little lucky with that he didn't get a second yellow when he was late on the just before that whole fracas broke out as well but I think it would have been a bit harsh because I, I, I just think he just he just didn't, he came a bit late and clipped, I think it was um, Jack Fagan. So I do expect some some action to come. If you think of Will O'Donoghue got a, a ban after, um, for, for the Tipperary game, I do f- feel Seamus Flanagan could be under pressure and probably could be banned. Not sure what the ban will look like, but it just, just didn't look good at all. And look, the slow-mo angle doesn't do him any favours and I don't think it's fair to kind of judge him on that. But, you know, he did, he did catch Stephen Bennett, who was in the wars yesterday. Yeah. And look, Rory, I know from obviously you've been supervising this across the Sunday game over the years. The slow-mo angle definitely does yeah. not help anybody. But Limerick, in some cases, lots of people still saying they are living on the edge and asking for trouble here. Asking for trouble. They have, you know, a fairly checkered 
disciplinary record. There's no point saying otherwise. The facts speak for themselves between retrospective bans and sendings off. Um, I think in terms of the Seamus Flanagan one yesterday, Jackie, you work on rugby. I mean, you saw Freddie Stewart get a, a straight red card for a, an accidental head collision. And now uh, that obviously was subsequently downgraded to a yellow on the basis that it was accidental. But it, but the point is, rugby takes head-high collisions so seriously for obvious reasons. And they are very, very nervous and very paranoid about potentially class action suits coming down the line in relation to he, uh, head injury assessments and concussions. And they have to take these things seriously. And I think that's why the GA will have to act and they'll have to act in a serious manner. And I think Seamus Flanagan will get a ban. Mm. What about spectators coming in from the sideline, Jackie? Because we've seen this happen in the past before. And like the GAA are going to have to draw a hard line on this kind of thing. Like whether it's just limiting the amount of people who can be on the sideline or wherever it is. But like another incident of this at the weekend is exactly what they don't want for the game. Uh, exactly. And look, I don't know what that that member of the water, I don't know if he's a backroom, I don't know if he's county board official, what was going through his head because... It was madness what he was doing. Coming down and hitting Garrod Hagerty in the stomach, there's no place in the game for that. Um, and, like, he should get a hefty ban and deserved. Not sure what, what his role is within it, but this is something that the GA need to come down on and come down hard because if this is in any way not stamped over game, it's not going to be good because we have venues around the place where it's tight on sidelines. You think of Venice, you think of, of, of Wexford Park, it's tight enough down there and a few bodies flying into each other and flash points right at the sideline and you've managers, you know, going mental on the sideline, trying to get the advantage, you know, it's it's going to have to be really well policed. And I think sending a message out from the GEA or from, from this character, wherever he is, has to be done to, to make sure that guys know that they can't reach the line and carry on like this because... I don't, it was it was crazy what he was at. But Jackie, yeah. just one one point though, and Jackie Terrell actually played in the 2012 All Ireland semi final, the famous day Lark Corbett and himself mm-hmm. were chasing each other around Croke Park, right? And Brian Gavin got a belt of a hurley into the nose from Tommy Walsh and got split open. Now there's a very real sense that we're reliving this again. What happens when you take a laissez-faire approach to application of the rules is the game starts to get very frayed around the edges in terms of what players feel they can get away with and what they will attempt to get away with. And where you where we are now in, in relation to hurling looks to me like we're veering back down that road again. I think it's a dangerous road to be going down. There is a, a player welfare issue at, at stake here. But also, there's a spectacle issue at stake. The amount of pulling and dragging and hurling now is worse than it ever was in football. And I think what's going to end up happening is what you saw in 2013, where referees were all pulled in and were effectively told, listen, you're going to have to tighten up here. You're going to actually have to apply the rules because someone is going to get seriously hurt if we don't. That's not to say we're looking to take physicality out of the game or we don't want the game to flow or any of those types of things because hurling will flow and the game will be always a physical game no matter what way it's refereed. But I do get that sense that we could be reaching a critical mass here and it'll be very interesting now to see what sort of retrospective punishments come out of Croke Park on the back of it. Look, very interesting to watch that. Let's talk about the Hurling then, because I keep watching this Limerick team. 
there's no doubt about it. They're not at full tilt yet, right? We saw it in the league, same situation. I think Waterford will feel they left a, a massive opportunity go yesterday. What do you reckon of their performance overall and what are you seeing from Limerick? Yeah, I, I thought Limerick were probably average at best yesterday considering the heights that they've, they've, they've scaled. I thought they're, they probably, I was looking at some of their numbers. I wouldn't say they had such a low shot count in so long. They haven't, they, like their score count was down on a lot of time. Uh, you'd wonder how much did the Declan Hannington throw them and having to readjust. Uh, some of their key men were very well marshaled. You think of Keane Lynch, you think of Garrod Hagerty. Um, you know, and I just felt that Watford had a really good game plan around around puck outs on both sides of us, how they pushed up and engaged with some of their key men um, and how they manfully defended that middle third. And Davey did say, he said, look, he was asked before the game, you know, what are they kind of going to focus on? And he did mention the middle third and he said, we need to be in this game after 20 minutes. And that was the only thing. So he went after the middle third and at times he won that level of engagement. And they probably had a couple of different ways of getting at this, this Limerick team as regards to Ranama at, at times. They went very long direct in, in, the, in the second half near the end of the game. Their puck out strategy in the first half, although they didn't win possession, they stretched their two midfielders either side and went straight down the middle on, on Colin Dunford. They, they didn't win possession, but it wasn't... I suppose Limerick were picking up probably secondary ball where normally they're winning those puck outs direct or they're on, and it just, it just threw them a little a small bit. So... I, I see Limerick, look, essentially they won at the end of the, at the game and there was such a calmness and a and composure with the last 10 minutes that they just grinded it out. And winning dirty is such, and winning when you're not playing well is such a trait of outstanding team. And they've done that with 14 men, with their backs to the wall, with their key men out of their game. You think it, Hagerty sent off, Hannon gone, Keen Lynch not operating, and still they grinded it out. And I thought their defence was absolutely outstanding. Yes, I thought their defence actually won it, won the game from probably coupled with Aaron Galan and Tom Morrissey, who probably, the two Morrisseys, I think, are the most underrated hurlers in the country. Um, so John Kiley would be delighted. Going home, great test, two points in the bag. He's a wooden spoon debating with them all week. Uh, and and they move on to Clare next week. Yeah, I was actually thinking that last night, Rory, as well, that John Kiley must be thrilled because he was talking even in the aftermath of the game that everyone was saying, oh, should we have this thing won already? And, you know, he wants all the noise removed. Exactly as Jackie says there, their best player is not playing well, 14 men, everything going against them. It's the perfect, perfect start for them. Perfect. The, the, the mad thing about it, you say their best, what? Their best players not playing well. Yeah. Who are their best players? They have so many of them. There, like I, I thought it was a mark of real champions as well. They were their response after Garrod Hagerty got sent off. They scored the next three points with fourteen players. There's twenty minutes to go. Waterford are in the game after maybe a really shaky start. I thought Waterford were going to wobble and get an absolute pasting after twenty minutes and thought the game was busted on them. And in fairness, like they hung in there and they scrapped and fought on their backs. And fairness. But to, for Limerick's response to the sending off just showed so much maturity, so much um, resilience and just the mark and class of real champions. And like they can just win games in so many different ways. They were absolutely top class, good value for their win game. Uh, like, you know, I suppose, in uh, as you said, in the, it's the perfect scenario for John Kiley. You know, he they didn't probably play as well as they can. And yet they still won and um, plenty for them to chew on on Tuesday night when they get back into training. 
Yeah, for sure. Where does it leave Waterford then, Jackie? They got to go to Cork for the next round down to Porky Cueve. Cork will have been sitting there watching for the weekend. What kind of a position does this leave Davy Fitz in heading in for that? Yeah, look, he's a big job this week to pick him up physically and mentally because they put so much into that. And playing Limerick is not like playing any average team. Those hits take it out of each other. So, yeah. uh, and and he, it, it's hard to pick yourself up in such a short spell of time. Look, Tyg the Burke has gone for the year, which is hugely unfortunate, but. I do feel they actually adapted really well. I thought Jack Fagan and Caleb Lines were outstanding how they readjusted. So he has a job to pick him up. Cork will have a chance to sit back, see what they did, what they did well. Um, and it's how they recover over the next couple of days. But there is some huge positives in it. Um, and it's how he pulls them out, frames them and tells them that, look, we're in a really good place here. We we but this is a massive game for Watford year this this weekend for Cork. They can't really afford to lose it if they want to get it to the top three. So it'll be a test for Davy and his management how to bounce back. But there is so many positives in it. There there, there really is. Um, I would expect Ozzy to start, which would be he made a big difference when he came on. Where Davey, Jackie? Sorry. Where would you where would you think he'll start? Going going yeah, at six. I, I, I no, I, I think they'll look at him at eleven. I do think I don't think Colin Dunford worked there. Um, I thought he struggled. Um, I think they'll start him at eleven and probably will roam around the place. I think they might maybe look to to, to pull Kieran Joyce out of six. Um, and I think he's a huge plus to have him back. I thought Desi, although he missed a few opportunities, I thought the role of kind of being inside and at times coming out, I thought it worked quite well for him. Um, um, but I do think Waterford are in a, in a lot better place than they were. Coming, coming before the game and will really I thought they were so physical Jackie I really did and one thing about this Cork team there's always question marks around their physicality yeah they have lovely hurlers so I think Davy will be relishing himself and I thought he was quite I thought he was quite measured in what he said is that look this this isn't good enough for us almost we're not into moral victories we didn't get the two points today and we need to bounce back so I think he'll be challenging the group this week don't leave one performance back it up with another one and let's go to Cork and get a win yeah, for sure. Look, speaking of people smarting, then what about Claire? The maddest game of the weekend in Ennis, lads. 3.23 <laughs> to Tipperary's 5.22. I mean, after 10 minutes, I was like, I actually don't even know if we can cope with any more goals. Like, it's just wild stuff. Like, if you're in Claire's position, Jackie, what are you thinking now facing into playing the All-Ireland Champions after a wild game like that? Well, look, you be keeping thinking. The first big thing is what they're going to do with their goalie. Are they going to leave yeah. uh, Mafudi there? Are they going to look look at Avian? It was a tough foul day. Like, mm. look, when you're in goal and you make a boo boo, unfortunately, there's no hiding place. And he got caught for the goal. The John Collin thing, it was kind of a mess up between the two of them. He probably should have popped the pass, maybe head height. John probably should have went with the hurl. It was a bit of a mix up there. So, look, he has to make a big call there. Um, Aidan McCarthy was a, a massive plus for them. How can they get Tony Kelly more to the game? I mean, Cottle Barrett did an outstanding man-marking job. So they'll probably look at maybe Limerick don't man-mark. So can they kind of move him around the place and zonally get him into the game more? So he'll, he'll have a mixed bag. There was some big positives out with Far Clare, but ultimately you can't defend and concede five goals in the Munster Championship and expect, expect to win. So they did a really good job at one end with all the scores and can probably get a bit more out of that traction with Tom, Tony Kelly. But defensively, you can't be shipping those scores, Jackie. So that was a big, like, that was, you know, you, you talk about kind of 
how tight the months month. That was almost a four pointer for for Tip and Claire. Lose that one, and you're really on the back foot, particularly for Claire when you when you have to go this Saturday. And it's only six days to recover and get it right when you're taking on the All Ireland champions, who are probably absolutely seeding. Mm. Huge boost for Tip though, Rory, wasn't it? Massive, massive. And I think he's getting a really good blend. I kind of fancied him going up there. Just there's a steeliness about Liam Cahill, and I think we're starting to see it. Tipperary. I actually reckon Tipperary are the one team that Jackie played the time that Tipperary took down the famous five in a row. And I think Tipperary are possibly the one team that could potentially take Limerick down as well. They're still a little bit young in terms of their overall development, but what a blend of mix of youth and experience. He's got, you know, still getting the most out of Noel McGrath. John McGrath was excellent yesterday. I think he came off early, but look, he was carrying a big injury from a long time back. So like, they're reminding him to a certain extent that Alan Tynan was outstanding. Um, you know, I think, look, Ronan Marr solid out um, in that fullback. Like, I think there's uh, there's much to admire about Liam Cahill's teams. And that was a huge statement win for them. I think that gives them a massive uh, push now. Like, if you bear in mind, this is a team that didn't win a match last year in the Munster round robin, and they've gotten off to an unbelievable start by going up to Ennis and beating Clare. So I think it's a huge positive, everything rosy in the garden from their point of view, and they will get better. That's the scary thing for everybody else. I think they will actually improve as they go along. And um, yeah, you know, tip her back. I think that was trending on Twitter yesterday. I love it though. One performance and suddenly they're back, Jackie. That's the great thing about this uh, hurling. Mm. I guess for Tipperary as well, if you think about it, right? They go to Ennis, they beat Clare, they're off for round two, and then they have oh, it's lovely. You know, it's an mm. unbelievable mm. run for them, Jackie, like the way that it's set up for them too. Yeah, it is. And, and, and the competitive nature, sometimes you get a bit of luck with the draw and things like that. But the thing with Tip and always, even with, they have serious scoring forwards. Jason Ford, Jake Morris is electric. Like he, he probably only had the ball maybe five or six times yesterday and he, he scores two, four, you know. And I really like Garrod O'Connor and Brian O'Mara. Like you talk about new talent and Rory touched on the blend. They have a lovely mix now. Of, you know, you think the experience with, with the McGrath brothers, with Ronan Marr um, and the, the new lads that are coming, you know. And like there is some stuff like Seamus Cannon. How far away is he? Barry Heffernan, is he gone for You know, they're missing some lads as well. So the job that Liam Cal, we knew he was a good manager, but like he's just got such a tune out of this team. Down, down week this week, put the feet up now. Uh, but look, I suppose Liam Cal still be looking at We give away three goals. You know, there's there's areas here where we can improve and get better and get better. Uh, develop a nice panel there. Some good options coming off the bench. So you, you'd have to say it was a great day to be a Tipperary supporter yesterday. Going down to Ennis is not a, not an easy place. Um, and after a really good league, they've carried into championships. So it's um it's all good for them at the minute. Yeah, for sure. Still can't get used to watching Jason Ford with seven on his back, though, lads. I'm not having that now. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, something, yeah, yeah. something crazy needs to be done. Um, let's go to Leinster then. And look, I suppose Rory, in a way... Oh, do we do we have to? We have to. Ah, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I heard a comment from Rory that it's all, all going to be months and all that. Can Kenny and Flynn Galway this weekend in Northern Park? Tell me mm. that's not a tasty affair oh, with Henry oh, no, Shepard coming down with Derek Ling. 
Can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah. Well, look, that that is the one. Because to be yeah. fair, I think even Henry will concede. Galway Wexford on Saturday just felt a little flat. I don't know. Maybe it was the leeching effect of, of Wexford being drained before the game. But I'm sure Henry was just glad. Get out of there with the win and get on to Nolan Park. Yeah, yeah it was. And like, I felt like I felt Galway were sloppy with those two goals in the first couple of years. If they hadn't conceded those goals, I think we're looking at... 12, 15 points of a win here. They were utterly dominant. Wexford were so poor in lots of facets of their play. Take out maybe Lee Dio O'Keefe to a certain extent and Matthew O'Hanlon. I thought they were very, very poor. And I, I feel Wexford are really, really going to struggle. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did not make the top three for Galway. Henry would just be light with the two points. Evan Nyland was showed up really well. Um, you know, they 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 seem to have Played within themselves, like there was a period in the second half where they rattled off those nine points where you just they, they knew the game was over. Cottle Mannion, I think, was excellent. And I felt was excellent in the second half. So it was a nice kind of game for Henry to get, but he'll he'll know that they'll have to improve starkly coming to Kilkenny. Wexford, they just they just can't afford to have Lee Chin out of this game. Whatever about their other key guys, losing Lee Chin and Wexford just aren't at the races from an attack point of view. So Whatever they have to do this week to get Lee Chin back on the field, they just they just have to get him back because he's so important to this. I was disappointed with the likes of Rory O'Connor. I just thought he might have fronted up and carried that burden a bit more and carried the fight to Wex to, to, to Galway. Didn't really see it from him. And maybe he's just missed too much of the league and is still is still playing catch up. The problem for Wexford Rory, though, is they're under pressure now because that third spot coming out of Leinster, I guess with Dublin and Antrim drawing, they'll feel they're right in it now as well. It does leave Wexford under a bit of pressure. A little bit of pressure, but I suppose it was, was it nearly always going to come down to that game between themselves and Dublin anyway? I mean, yeah. if we think back to last year, Jackie, they, they had a horrendous result and people can maybe say I'm being slightly disparaging here towards Westmeath, but they drew with Westmeath below in um, Cusick Park in Mullingar and still managed to get out of the round robin. You know, so there's still plenty for Wexford to go after in this group if if they can get all the bodies on the field. Damien Reck obviously missing as well. It was a huge blow to them. Like a basically you're six and eleven. I mean, you'd rip that out of any team, and that's the heart basically gone from the side. And that's very, very difficult to cope with, given the fact that they don't have a huge amount of depth to begin with. So I do think though, if they can get all the bodies right and fit, Dublin is in round three, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, look, there's still a season for them to play for, but it's an it's a it's an it's an uphill task from here on. Mm. Do we know what happened with Matt Fanning? I heard that he walked off the panel. Did you hear yeah. nothing on that? Or that's obviously not a good sign if that's the case no. because he wasn't even in the twenty sixth the weekend. Yeah. And when yeah. they got a penalty, when they got a penalty, um, you know, he'd be your man to take your penalty. Obviously, him or Lee Chin, it's normally him, and he wasn't there. So, I'm just it's concerning mm. if he is walked off the panel. What the issues are there? Mm, for sure. What about Corrigan Park then, lads? Were you surprised, Jackie? I heard Darren Gleeson after the game saying Antrim felt they should have won it. Is it a missed opportunity for them? What's Michal Donoghue thinking? I guess who's the happier one coming out of there? I'd say Michal is happier. I really do. When, you lo- when you're losing a game for 67 minutes and at times are dominated completely in the first half and you get out of Corrigan Park, which you look at it and it had a feel to a first round of a league game in January, February, miserable weather up there and had, it was a dull fight. It was hugely competitive, very spirited performance, very poor on quality from both sides. I feel Mihal will be the happier of the two. 
I don't think Antrim would have had a better opportunity to get two points in, a, in an opening game of a round robin. So I do feel that they, they, particularly when they dominated the game for so long, led for so long, when Dublin got the goal, it bounced back and got the next two points to lead by a point. So I do think, and listening to Darren, uh, uh, his, his post-match comments, he do, he do, he felt it as well that they left it behind us. Michal, we will be relatively happy to get out there. Um, and you have to take your hat off to Donald Burke, who had a tough time probably midway through the second half, missed two or three crucial frees, stepped up to some big frees after, nailed them and got the goal at the end. Um, so I do think Dublin will be just a, the happier to come out there with a point. Mm. It seems, Rory, like we've been talking about Antrim taking a scalp and taking the next level for quite a few years. And for some reason or another, they just haven't got to that pitch yet. Is there, I guess, is there something blocking them from making that burst through? Because I think for a lot of us, we've been just waiting for them to come back. Yeah, and I think it would be huge for the Leinster Championship if they could be Mm. slightly more competitive, given you know, there may be a possibility, a challenge in there for Kilkenny and Galway and could Antrim kind of step into that breach. But um, the only thing is they they have, um, they have, they, they, I think they'll be playing Liam McCarthy Cup hurling again next year. They're in Division 1 again next year. So that's two years of playing top tier hurling. Mm-hmm. Now, they are still relatively young. There was an awful lot of young players sprinkled right throughout the team. I think Darren Gleeson has done an unbelievably good job. A lot of travelling for the fella, I'd imagine. But look, I, I, I think these two years in terms of their development will hopefully help them. You may not see their, like one of the big, I suppose, one of the big issues that Antrim Hurling would have always had and would have always felt is that because they're so isolated geographically that they wouldn't have necessarily have gotten the requisite quality of game to bring their hurling on. But by being in Division One hurling, and hopefully we'll get a more competitive Division One hurling next year if they make some sort of changes to it, which needs to happen. But by playing at the top top level in league and championship for this year and probably next year, I think that will bring them on again. And I think they could be in a position to maybe push the Dublins and the Wexfords and finally take, I mean, you kind of felt sorry for him in one sense after doing much of the hurling on Saturday, on Saturday afternoon, that they didn't maybe eke out that kind of one point win because there's nothing more beautiful in GA than that one point win, especially championship. So, but look, I think credit to Dublin, they didn't give up and they fought to the bitter end. And I think they got, I think a draw was probably a fair result on, on, on the day in that one. But again, to go back to the point about Wexford, I mean, Dublin will still feel that their championship will probably rest on that game between the two of them. And given what happened with Wexford and Westmead last year, I don't necessarily see Michal who pushing any panic buttons. Yeah. For sure. Let's finish off on Kilkenny then, Jackie. And I guess a new era, first time without Brian Cody in 23 years. It's it's kind of wild, isn't it? You know, that I guess for Derek Lynn, a championship opener with a lot of pressure on his back. But what did you make of what his team delivered? Yeah, well, look, they they, they produced the goods. Jackie, they were, they were very good the weekend. They racked up a big score, 29. But look, we have to be fair. It, it, Westmead were very poor and the, there was a huge golf in class. Um, it was men against boys stuff, and for Joe Fortune, like it, it's such a tough, tough task. Um, like, f- like it, there was so, so much space for Kenny. They were playing in second gear at times. TJ was back a full forward, clipped four points, nice points from play. Adrian Mullen got another seventy minutes into him. Um, you know, and some of the new guys, David Blanchard, lap performed really well. The news of Billy Drennan. Um, How serious? Yeah. 
uh, broken bone in his foot, Rory. So oh. look, probably you probably rule out the majority of a, a Leinster round robin campaign. Paddy Deegan has a bit of a problem with uh, cartilage as well. Not sure how long he will be. So you know the the offset of the the the, the loss of Billy Drennan is obviously pushed on to TJ returning. So from Derek, look, he'll be just happy. He got two points. TJ back and um, twenty nine points on the scoreboard. Didn't pick up any injuries the weekend. Galway coming to town. They weren't taxed in any way at all. Um, so he'd be just happy to, to get it. But, you know, uh, for Westmead, God, it was it, it was sober and looking at. Now, I will say Tommy Doyle, who was a fullback, performed admirably. Dara Edgerton, a cornerback, was excellent as well. But after that, they lacked no real tread up, up in the forwards. And it was it was challenge game stuff, really. So it, it, they, they have a lot of work to do. They really have. Will you have the red carpet? Will you have the red carpet rolled out for the return of the king next weekend, Jack? Do you know, I was looking at the game and to think that Henry will be on the sideline in Nolan Park with a Galway colour on him, it's just mad. Like, I've only ever seen Henry in either black and amber or green and white at Ballahill in Nolan mm-hmm. Park. It's just going to be mad mm-hmm. looking at that, you know. Like, Derek and Henry would be really good friends, like, you mm-hmm. know, would have played, come up to, to, to all, all, all the underage together. So, they'll be at opposite sides of... of of the line the, week, the weekend, so it's it's going to be it's going to be very odd and strange. But um, you know, the last time Galway were in Kilkenny, they actually turned them over in Nolan Park, so it's going to be a cracker. Really, is looking forward to that one the weekend. Ah, oh, it's going to be absolutely magic. Uh, look, Jackie, we'll leave it there with the hurling, but looking forward to it. Leinster hurling championship to take over next weekend from Munster. I hope you give us plenty. Fingers crossed, Jackie. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> he hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Brilliant. Well, let's get stuck into the football then. Kieran Whelan is along with us and we won't start with the dubs. We'll leave that one uh, sit and simmer for a little while, Kieran. Let's start with the Connacht Championship and I guess the big one of the day on Sunday yesterday with Galway. I mean, really laying down a fairly significant marker. A lot of people talking about them already as All-Ireland contenders. How impressed with them were you? Uh, yeah, Jackie, I was, I, like, I've been a fan of Galway all year. I think they've really, really built on last year. You know, they've found new players. I think Parik Joyce, they're, they're building nicely as a team. I, I would have fancied them at the start of the year to be probably the key team to contend with Dublin and, and Kerry. Um, I was impressed with them yesterday. Um, for me, they're, it's really about how they control the game. They're brilliant in possession. Uh, they don't give the ball away. They don't make too many mistakes. Um, you know, yesterday they made they made two mistakes in the second half. Yesterday trying to kick the ball was a uh, Paul Conroy and John Daly and Roscommon got 1-1 in that third quarter. That was the impetus. But like, even if you look at that, you're kind of going, well, at least they were trying to kick the ball. They were trying to do something. Uh, but outside of that, they didn't, Roscommon got, didn't get anything else off their turnovers. They were very controlled in possession and and they turned over Roscommon. I think they got 110 off, off, off turnover Roscommon. So what I like about Gowie is that they're just a, a smart, well-set-up tactical team uh, like even yesterday, conceding the kickouts, you know, Roscommon, I think, were 100% on their kickouts, but that, that didn't bother them. And I kind of found, I, I kind of ended the game, going into the game, I was kind of nearly expecting that because Mayo were so aggressive on the press in Casabar that Roscommon kicked it over the press and, and they were happy to go long and win ball in midfield and get at Mayo quickly, where Goy were just that little bit smarter to sit back, keep their structure and play. Um, and you know it was a very very impressive and even how they after that first quarter they showed a bit of resilience to 
be able to get back in and control the game. Now, I know the lads last night were talking about uh, that maturity, but, you know, I would even be, if you're being a little bit critical during that period, I think Paul Conroy took a wild shot from distance, so did Shane Walsh. They two wides after that period, but they really got themselves back into it. And, and Comer was just immense on the edge of the square. Like, you just have to, you can't but not admire his uh, his appetite, his drive. You'd want him in any team. And he oh, kind yeah. of plays that last man. That, you know, he's the last, you know, defender, if you want to call it, that he's highest up the pitch waiting for that turnover to get up and support. Sometimes you'd like him even to stay up a little bit higher when it was and Shane Walsh. Uh, but he was just awesome yesterday. So, now Galway, Galway in, are in good shape. You'll have to fancy them strongly now for with a kind of title, I think, you know. Yeah. Spare a thought for poor Lee Keegan, who had to apologise for not giving him one of the match. <laughs> but, 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 but in fairness, Jackie, <laughs> Comer was like an action hero, a superhero, yes. I mean, diving blocks, winning kickouts, getting hands in for turnovers. Now, I know the goal was slightly fortuitous and maybe a bit of a mismatch from the Roscommon defensive, defensive perspective, given the size differential. I think it was a Davy Murray that was the guy that was picking him up at that stage, but the strength of him to just fend that off and get the shot off. I I, I, I remember first coming across him, Cork were in an All-Ireland under-21 final back in 2013. It was down the Gaelic grounds and Galway won the game. And you could just see it then. I mean, you could just see this. This is this was this kid, 20 years of age, 19, 20 years of age, and you're just going... God, we have some player here. Like, what a player. Like, he has had a couple of injuries. He's, a, you know, he takes a lot of punishment. But, like, what a game. What a, what a game changer to have in your team. The one thing I would say, and I'd be very interested in Wheelow's view on this, Shane Walsh, discuss. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, Rory. Interesting is a nice way of phrasing it. Really. Yeah, like <laughs> you're, you're looking at him yesterday, and at times he's he, you know he's drifting around the middle, he's drifting back, and he's not really contributing much defensively, right? And you're kind of going, would he be much better off? You know, because what Ross Common were trying to do in the first half was, was similar to the Mayo game. They were trying to get their runners in the back door, and David Murray's coming forward and stuff like that, and you were kind of going. What is Shane Walsh offering them? Should he be hold them higher up the pitch, keep a Roscommon defender back a little bit further? But even when Galway were attacking, he he's very much out on the sideline. He's looking to pick up that ball out on the sideline. And it's very difficult for him to take on, as much as talented as he is, to take on a guy and have an impact. You just wonder, he's, would he be a lot more dangerous getting on balls around the D? The positions he's picking up balls, sometimes, you, you, you know... It, Particularly in the modern game, it's very, it's it's very, very challenging for him, you know. But I thought going back to Comer, Roy, I thought when you look at that, that goal chance that he got on the counter, right? And it was saved, right? Now, normally you you know, a guy, if you're going through and you you missed, you know, it's it's a bit of a dint in your mentality, but his composure to just say, stay calm, pick up the ball, came back out in the loop, kicked it over the bar. Tough score, like he, it didn't didn't phase him at all. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's I think the difference between you know a lot of guys that go through they miss that they lose concentration for that split second. He was really composed, came back, popped it over the bar. He was like he was excellent. But like I think that's where Galway have to improve, Jackie. I think is may, maybe just up front they can't. If if you were to have a point of finger criticism at Galway, it's that each game they're relying on 
you know, like Comer carried them yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Matthew Tierney carried them in a few league games. He's been I wonder, Wilo, like if you played a full forward huh? If you played a full forward line of Ian Burke, Comer, and Rob yeah, Burke was brilliant yesterday. Yeah. If you played a full forward line of Burke, Comer, and Rob Finnerty, would that give the Galway inside line a little bit better balance in terms of what each of those three players bring? Now, and I'm not saying that you drop Shane Walsh, right? Yeah. But I found, him, I, Walsh found, I, found, I found I found I found Walsh's performance. If I was a Galway supporter or a Galway in part of the Galway management team, I would have found it quite frustrating watching him yesterday. Mm. But you, you you could play like you want him at the top of the day. You want him in the danger area. I think what does Burke offer you? Burke offers you that little. He's a smart player. Oh. A little small pass. He'll, he'll, he'll open up defences by laying it off. He's unselfish. Where Finnerty offers, offers you that one coming in under the loop to kick off his left foot, you know. But I, I go back to Roy. I think if you go away or in a lot of games are relying for one go, one or two guys in the forwards to harry them, then possibly need to get a little bit more collectively out of their front six, you know, to get to the, the level they're going to need later on in the year. But like, listen, very controlled performance, Jackie, they were. They were really good, really good. Yeah, they were. They were great to watch and uh, a conic yeah. final to look forward to. Sligo as well, obviously. Look, I think getting over New York, Rory, for a lot of people. Look, uh, I suppose after the elation of everybody celebrating that New York victory, it was always going to be a difficult challenge. But you can't sort of not give the credit to Sligo either for what they've done because their underage success, the way they've built the brilliant scenes they've already had in Croke Park this year, it's enormous for them to get Sam Maguire football and a conic final as well. Huge and huge progress for them. Uh, I thought it was just the difference really was between two teams. One team that plays a lot of league football and has played lots of games and against a team that has only played one match really the whole year. And yeah. it, it, it was just a different, a massive golfing class. But Sligo have some good players. I think it might be slightly more competitive. I don't see Galway winning the kind of final by 20 points. Because in Carabine, Carabine scored there, Wheelow, and you picked up on it on the analysis on Saturday night, which I thought was great. The one where he flicked it up into his hands with one foot and then kicked it over the bar with the other. The two goals they came from were just bomb, bomb kickouts over the top. Pat Spillane, I think Junior was really, he's, he's been a great addition in terms of the athleticism that he brings. And obviously they're on the crest of a wave from their underage success. So look, I think they'll go into the Connick final. It's a free hit. They've got their Sam Maguire Cup football secured for the year, uh, which is again another mark of progress on the back of a brilliant promotion. So I think it, things are really trending in the right way from a Sligo perspective. And they've plenty of football yet to look forward to. Yeah. Look, I think that'll be a, a great day out. What about Ulster then, Kieran? When you look at, I guess, Armagh, for a lot of people, have been a bit of an enigma. You know, mm. 2008 last Ulster title, it feels to a lot of people like they should have won more than what they have. So does this current squad have the capacity to be able to deliver an Ulster title and maybe have a tilt at getting into that kind of last four in an All-Ireland? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think they have a good tilt now at Ulster. I, I I would fancy them to beat down at the weekend and then they've you know they they Well we need them we need them to beat down. Yeah well <laughs> like you two do anyway. You know what I mean? That, we need them to be we all have our orange jerseys on for that one. <laughs> I was concerned at the start of this podcast this was a bit of a cork ambush. You cork know people I mean? are feeling <laughs> under serious pressure. Yeah. Getting nervy getting nervy uh but no I do Jackie I do I fancy them to to get to an Ulster final um and the biggest thing for me on, on Saturday was, 
I think there, there, there was definitely a huge hunger and desire. Uh, and I think they want, I think an Ulster title is really on top of their wish list because I think this has been a criticism that's been thrown at them for a long time and particularly Kieran McGinney. And there was a huge difference in just that work ethic and desire between Armagh and Cavan. Cavan were so disappointing and uh, you could see what it meant to Armagh. But listen, they, they began to get the balance of their play right again. You know, Turbot has been brilliant inside in the absence of Irene O'Neill, Rory Grugan. You know, you can see he's trying to pull the strings there. That They definitely had invested a lot of time into trying to get that kick pass into the, into the scoring zone, not to be as rigid as they were in the league. They were still quite solid defensively. Uh, Cavan struggled to break them down. They will be disappointed that they lost their way for the last 20 minutes and they particularly lost their way in the middle of the field and Cavan really took over. And, and, and that's... That again is probably the criticism that you'd have of Armagh is that you know there was a chance there to bury Cavan, put them away, and Armagh they leave teams in the game, they let teams hang in there, uh, and they always give their opposition teams a 15, 20 minute period, and that's the bit that they need to get get better and improve. But you can definitely see they have 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 a drive to win Ulster, and 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 they're not gonna they're not gonna be far off it. Uh, as I said, down. Like Down's performance yesterday, you have to hand it to Conor Laverty in terms of where he's brought them. You know, this time last year, they're in the doldrums, a, a relatively new team, uh, which you can see from a conditioning perspective and even physically, probably two, two, three years behind some of the other teams in Ulster. Like lovely footballers up front, Pat Haveran, Haveran Brian Johnson, Lean Kerr, all very comfortable in possession. And they were, they were excellent yesterday in pulling. Uh, a real terrible Donegal team uh, apart, but I think down are on a still on a development curve for me. Uh, and Armagh, that experience even of playing Division One will just be too much. Do you know what I mean? Even though like down can take so much from yesterday, brilliant performance, but um, for me, Armagh are one of the one of the, one of the contenders for Ulster, absolutely. I think that's the interesting thing, though, Rory, because down won't go away. Way that Cavan did like down will stay right in the fight you see the way that they play they've got a great running game I think that's going to be tight between them and Armagh and I do think you're right for Cork people they will be watching with their hands behind <laughs> their uh in front of their faces for sure big, big time um they've had very good su- success at underage level down they uh they've had a couple of under 20 Ulster titles Obviously, the Kilku contingent are back in the fold in a big way. That's a massive bonus. Laverty, obviously, would have close connections as his club. So that was always going to happen. And I think, to be fair to James McCartan and any of the down managements that have gone before, they didn't really have a full deck to pick from. There seems to be a lot more harmony in the county now. They've always got brilliant footballers. These down are, like, down for me are real blue blood traditionalists. I mean, you're talking about a county that took Sam Maguire back over the border for the first time, won two All-Irelands in the early 90s when they were killing fields, then so difficult to win. There were so many different teams contending and produced some of the greatest players we've ever seen. So the, the tradition of skillful Gaelic footballers will always be there. I think Wheelow's point is absolutely spot on, though. It's just physically, in terms of their development, they might be slightly behind the curve. And I think that might be ultimately where they come up short against an Armagh team. That's a little bit, a good bit ahead, actually, in terms of where they are um, from a 
conditioning perspective. Um, but it, it'll be tight. I still think, though, from Armagh's perspective, the opportunity now to make it to an Ulster final for the first time in 15 years surely won't be thrown away. But I was really, really disappointed with Cavan. I mean, Cavan's season was on the line. Can Cavan, can Cavan now, Cavan knew going into this game, if we don't win, we're playing Tally Cup again, right? So their first half performance, they're at home. They have had a very good league campaign. They have ticked loads of the different types of boxes. They've got a really good spread now right throughout the team, good forwards, midfield, back. they've got all the things, all the component parts that you would wish for to go in at home and pull off what might be considered an upset. And the first half, they were just so flat. It was very, very disappointing from them. I, I know they rallied a little bit, but I think when you're seven points down, modern inter-county Gaelic football, very, very hard to turn that around in 35 minutes. And the worry I would say is, like, can Mickey Graham c- convince his players, listen, lads, we're going to have another rattle off the Tally Cup. Like, will you all hang around for another summer? Or will lads decide, do you know what? Look, we'd go at that last year. We might just go to America this time around. Depends where Mickey Graham's at, really, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. If he's going to continue, if where his, where his ambitions for next year, they're up in Division Two. Uh, he's won an Ulster Championship. He's with them now. I don't know. He's probably he's probably one of the longest serving managers in the game. Yeah, he could be five or six years he's there. Five or yeah. six years with them. Uh, and whether, you know, if, if word was to get out that there was going to be a change or he was thinking of moving on, that could have a detrimental effect on their Talton Cup. But if not, you would still. They've, they've enough quality, like they've, as you say, they were hugely disappointing. Um, like Donegal, listen, Donegal were, you know, when you when you look at Donegal, they got they got that goal and the counter attack from a mistake early doors, and after that, like there was a little bit of a surge maybe in the third quarter. Ocean Gallon came on and they got, uh, Wheel kicked a few scores. They they looked like they were getting back into it, but like saw the last round of the league, their body language against Roscommon was shocking. And even yesterday, from a Donegal perspective, you could see it was like it's very easy to pick out when you can see fellas are there, but they're not really there, and they're not playing to the level of intensity and not working as hard. And once one, one or two take their foot off the pedal, it just collapses around them. And there was a particularly in that last fifteen minutes, like down cut through them. There was a few easy passes over the over the top, and you could see there was a lack of desire there. So. They 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 still have to go into the group system, but they back four. They will they, they, be uh, I'd say it'll be most people's fancies. Yeah, pot four, yeah. coming out of pot and, four. And I, and I do think as well, you kind of get what you deserve, though, lads. Like mm. you know, like Donegal have not. You, you, it has been a, a slow. Uh, trajectory going one way for the last while and same with like you're listening to Colin O'Rourke yesterday talking about Meath going into the Talton Cup you're talking about Cavan like at at some point you have to kind of go well this is self-created and you need to get yourself out of it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and, and I suppose it's very very hard Jackie when momentum has gone against the team and and the spirit is broken and the confidence is down in the camp and training is difficult and listen it happens three or four teams every year look at down last year and and you know, that's losing games no matter how you lose them. Sometimes the manner of the, the loss can, can can be different if, you know, if there's been a bit of fight and a bit of desire there. 
but um, it, it, it's 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 really really difficult for for those teams to to really okay Mead have a chance to recover. It's a massive dint in their pride to be in the Talton Cup. That's not where Mead supporters see Mead football. They've always they've always dined at the top table. So it's it's a dint in their pride. But maybe they just got to go and bloody win the thing now and and and, and try. Is and, that is that what you win. think they'll do, Kieran? Do you think they'll have a right go up trying to win that? Yeah, game? I think they, I think they have to. I think they have to, and I think from you know, players. I don't think they will, though. Do you think they uh, will win it? Do you think no, they I don't, can? No, I don't. Think, I, I don't think they'll win it. I think, <laughs> but, but I send think, that to Colin O'Rourke. <laughs> Uh, no, like in current form, they're not going to win it, but they they could still. They have a few weeks now to get themselves back, but absolutely they have to. I I think they have to knuckle down and try give it a good cut because if if they don't, you know that's that's what sort of response is that to your county? Do you know what I mean? You have to have to keep fighting to the very end. And yesterday's result was extremely disappointing. I I when I saw the me team named and like Kyogen was back in it. And, I, I was looking at their forward line and their midfield and I was thinking, yeah, Mead should have enough here. Um, but it was a massively disappointing performance. They were one four to a point down and ended up chasing the game. But it sounds like things we obviously didn't didn't get to see that game. But uh massively uh, disappointing. Um but like similar for Donegal, they've to go, as you say, they've to go into that group system now and they're missing listen. The quality that they're missing, uh, you know, in terms of the guys that are injured, you know, you can't replace that. So it is difficult. And when you looked at the Donegal starting 15 and you looked at the bench and you compare it to last year, uh, you know, Donegal would have would have always had 21, 22 kind of quality players and they had that bit of depth. Uh, that just wasn't there yesterday. They were flying on the seat of their pants kind of with bare 15, 16 guys that they can kind of back. But uh, yeah, it's a long road back for them. Yeah, for sure. Look, let's chat about Kerry and Dublin. I can't <laughs> let it go this long without mentioning either of them. But uh, Kerry, first of all, Kieran, right? Jack O'Connor is talking about it, it. Look, it's not his fault that they haven't been tested so far. What about Clare in a Munster final? Because there's no doubt about it. That's a massive story for Colm Collins and what he's managed to do to get them into a Munster final. How much of a game can they give Kerry? And, and what sort of approach do you expect Jack O'Connor to take in a Munster final up against Clare? Well, he, listen. He'll treat them as he always does. You know, he'll, he'll treat he'll treat them with respect, and you have to. Um, I suppose history kind of tells you, Jackie, that Clare have struggled against Kerry in the Munster Championship when they've come up against them. And um, I think one of the things we saw over the weekend was there is a significant gap, I think, between the top teams and and, and teams that are operating at Division Three. And even though Clare were operating at Division Two, and that that's what would stand them, they have some quality. Absolute top quality forwards, you know, Emmett McMahon, Keelan Sexton was brilliant. Um, you know, on Cleary. So they have that's that's to their advantage, really, that they have guys that can score. They're they've a solid structure, the back that Colin Collins has in, implemented. So they will definitely ask a lot more questions to Kerry than you know they got the other night. Uh but I still think, you know, there's still a gap probably in 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 class, and the what the one the one thing about Clare is they they raise their game when they're up against the better teams, but sometimes they can come back to the pack when they're playing against the weaker teams. Do you know what I mean? Limerick Limerick went to point up with 10, 15 minutes to go, and you like Clare ended up in a dogfight, and they show character in fairness to dig it out to kick the last like three or four scores of the game to put to pull away. Limerick had a brilliant goal chance, uh, so I think you know it's it's not going to be easy. Kerry Kerry are Kerry. 
were, were so comfortable the other night. Um, it was it was an absolute. I said it on Saturday night. It was an absolute snarl fest. You could hear people talking in in the stadium. The people weren't even watching the game. It was they just they just picked them apart. Uh, they, they obviously Tipperary invested a lot of energy in closing down Clifford. They managed to keep him quiet, but forgot those fourteen other players or thirteen other outfield players on the on the field, and they just picked them off easily. Um, so no, I think listen, it's Clare usually successful in that they've 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 solidified their place. They're in a provincial final. They're C two, you know, which is you know, and I think that's one thing Sligo and Clare, uh, Sligo and Clare going in a C two is 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 a great opportunity for them. But Kerry, I think will. Uh, would still have too much in that in that monster final. I can't. I just. I. I can't see them put, asking any real questions of Kerry. From being honest, and funny enough, Jackie, I actually think Claire will give Kerry a better game than Cork would have. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think. I think Claire will give them. It's Colm Collins's first monster final in all the years that he's been there, and. I He's Rory, you must you must be going soft. The eternal Cork optimism. Every every month <laughs> final for the last fifteen years, you're saying we're going to win it. We're going to win it. I'm beating dead. I'm beating dead from the optimism. <laughs> you know, what does it say? The hope that kills you, we love. Like I, I'm just not. This, that those days are over now. Unfortunately, we've just accepted fate. But no, I do actually think they like Rila mentioned some of the players they have. The venue, ah, I think that's just a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, do you think there's any any shot of that going to Ennis? Because it would be a magnificent occasion. To well, it would be a brilliant what, what, occasion. What is the agreement, guys? Or what is it? it it's uh, neutral. Yeah. yeah. Neutral. Okay, and that's yeah. set. Well, I think well, well, I think when it was Cork I think, and Kerry, it's a it's a it's a, it's a, they, have a they have a home and away agreement, yeah. But I mean, okay. what's to stop the two counties from entering into a home and away agreement now and just tossing for venue? At least you have a fifty percent chance of it being in Cusick Park. It would be a brilliant occasion and be a fantastic atmosphere. The Gaelic grounds, I think, when there's a small crowd in the Gaelic grounds, great stadium and all that it is, I think a small crowd just makes 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 that place. It's such a big hulk of a stadium. It makes it lacking in somewhat like so it wouldn't necessarily make the kind of spectacle that maybe this game might give us had it been played up in Cusick Park in Ennis but I do actually think they'll give a really really good account of themselves like they're always underestimated they're always dismissed oh it's Claire oh like there's always this patronizing chatter about them I mean I was there the night that they should have beaten Dublin now I know Dublin probably did all of those things and took them a little bit for granted but they should have beaten Dublin in Croke Park. Think about that. And this is a team that, okay, they won't beat Kerry, but I do think it'll be more competitive than people give them credit for. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Finish off then with Leinster. And look, I don't think the Dubs will have learned an awful lot, Kieran. and it does seem like their march towards a Leinster title is going to be quite the procession. But some other brilliant stories in there as well. Like, awfully, you have to give them enormous credit for what they managed to do. And, Look, maybe they're not going to win a Leinster title, but I do think bubbling under the surface beneath what Dublin are doing, there are some good stories in Leinster. Yeah, absolutely. Like was you know, you, you saw what it meant to the Offaly players yesterday after the match, you know, and and particularly thinking of Liam Cairns, you know. Mm. Um, you know, what that he certainly would have been looking down on them, um, proud of them yesterday. Um, and then you look at Loud as well, and you know, to be eight points down, I think half time, a goal just before half time. And I thought I thought Mickey Hart was interesting. You know, I think when he was interviewed yesterday, he said that you know he he, he kind of nearly essentially said that the goal probably put Westmead into their comfort zone a small bit. You know, and if they had been a four or five point game, they might have been a little bit more focused at half time. And 
Nicky Hart is the expert to turning around, you know, deficits at half time. And like that was an incredible comeback by Loud. Um, and and you've got a brilliant Leinster semi final next week in Offaly and Loud, like a very novel pairing. So novel. Both, yeah. them, both of them, you know, building great momentum. There's a slight, slight worry in that whoever wins it, you know, has to face Dublin, you know, and, and that can be a, that can, take all the energy and bubble out. You know, take, if you come against Dublin, you take a bit of a beating in a Leinster final, that can take a lot of energy out of the team going into You'd still the, take the, it, though, Kieran, wouldn't you? And it will, they absolutely. Yeah. 100% they'll both go for it, but it's just, you know, and, and certainly, they'll both want to get to that point, but it's just, listen, it is, it is it one of the, down, like, Leinster football gets a lot of criticism, but you see brilliant games like yesterday, uh, but uh, Dublin are just, Still, so far ahead of everybody that it, it it takes it takes that little bit of excitement out of it. I think, Jack. I think we can't we can't can't kind of deny that. And, and Dublin, obviously, Leash were very poor yesterday. You can read very little into it from a Dublin perspective. They were ruthless in that first. They made a couple of mistakes at the start of the match, and then went two three, two four to a point up. Like it was game over. Okay, they lost their way and conceded a couple of goals, but. And, and and they'll probably look at that aspect of it, but it was just an absolute rout. And again, similar to the Kerry game, you just can't take anything from it. But yeah, like the, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Like great excitement in Leinster, but one team still well ahead of the pack. That's it. Yeah, that's, that, it. That, that's exactly it, Rory, isn't it? Like we can celebrate all these great stories, but we still know exactly what's going to happen in Leinster. That's the difficulty with it. Yeah, I thought someone had given the dubs hurlies when they saw the scoreline. Four, 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 four goals and 30 points. It was extraordinary. And we'll all have our loads jerseys on as well next week, Jackie, I'm sure. Like we have that red jersey on as well. We'll be cheering on out in a big way. But yeah, it's a, it's, it is, but it is an interesting point, Jackie, you make in that you, it's a little bit of a curate's egg. I mean, you, you go and you win this Leinster semi final. Is it going to be of a huge benefit to go into a Leinster final for Mickey Hart knowing what they're facing? I think, though, to a certain extent, like they've Mickey Hart would love it. He'd love it. Yeah, and they've yeah. already played. They've already played each other in, in the league in Croke Park, and I think he'll definitely embrace that. He'll see that as an opportunity to put more experience into this team, and then that sets them fair for having a real cut because like C2 will obviously you'd hope from their point of view make their group stages a little bit easier because I would see loads potentially targeting certainly last 12 and maybe even last eight finish and I think that would be an incredible achievement for them. Yeah, look, so much to look forward to, lads. We'll have to leave it there uh, for today. But looking forward to another cracking weekend uh, ahead with plenty more. And we'll be back a little bit later in the week, but a full look through for round two of the Hurland Championship. Looking forward to that and plenty more football as well. Thanks a million, lads. No bother. Thanks, Ricky. There's the whistle, it's over.